the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. It is indeed. The Bob France Authority, good morning to you. Thank you so much for joining us as we get underway this morning at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock. It is a Tuesday, the 13th morning of the month of November in the year of our Lord, 2018. We have a packed broadcast for you today coming up in about this. Could, I'll tell you what, I, I actually had this guest booked for a little while. I had no idea that it would be as timely as it is uh, because this guest wrote a book. Eric Eggers is going to join us, who wrote a book um, that's a, so appropriately titled How the Left Plans to Steal the Next Election. The book, the book title is Fraud, How the Left Plans to Steal the Next Election. Who knew when I booked this guest over a week ago, uh, for today, that uh, they would be in the midst of doing it right now. Literally, down in Florida, the left is in the process of trying to steal two elections. One from Ron DeSantis for, for uh, the United States Senate, and one from Rick Scott, or for Governor, rather, and, and Rick Scott. Th- this is unbelievable. This is unprecedented. Okay, it's not. It's Florida. It's very precedented. That's what's so frustrating about this. Florida particularly Broward County, particularly Palm Beach County, two very, very left, blue Democrat havens can't seem to count all of the votes right. And, oh, looky there. You know what? I just found these in the trunk of my car. You know what? I was getting the snowblower out of the out of the. Sh- all right, that won't work. That's a Florida. <laughs> We're talking about Florida. I'm making up where things where they're finding ballots. But seriously, like in a tool shed. In the trunk of a car, in a storage room, behind it. Suddenly, there's just buckets and buckets of ballots. Holy cow, we've got to count these two. And lo and behold, wouldn't you know it? Every time we find a new barrel of, of votes that weren't counted, 99% of them are Democrat, are for the Democrats. 
It is a sight to behold. Rick Scott and Ron DeSantis are the two winners for those elections in Florida, and they continue to try and steal them. This is not even remotely debatable. Even people on the left have to concede, okay, something doesn't look right here. And we have seen it so many times before, especially in Broward County and especially when it comes to their county elections supervisor, Brenda Snipes, who is continuing to find new ballots everywhere she looks. Hey, there's ballots over there. Hey, look, there's ballots over there. Hey, who put these over here? These have to go over there. It is simply incomprehensible. Let me run down the rest of the show, and then I'll come back to the story. So anyway, Eric Eggers wrote a book called Fraud, How the Left Plans to Steal the Next Election, and it's happening before our very eyes. 10.05, Peter Kirsten, I will join us, as he always does. We'll get his thoughts on this and much more, including the constitutionality of President Trump's new acting Attorney General, Matthew Whitaker. The left is going ballistic, saying that Matthew Whitaker can't be the acting AG because he has not been um, uh, confirmed by the Senate, even though it's only an interim appointment. As a matter of fact, breaking news this morning, the state of Maryland has filed a federal lawsuit to stop Whitaker from taking that post. They are afraid he is going to interfere with or end the Mueller investigation. They want Rod Rosenstein. How about that? They want the deputy AG... Rod Rosenstein, who is essentially running the Mueller investigation and doing everything he can to uh, scuttle investigative efforts by the still, for a short while longer, Republican-led House uh, House of Representatives uh, into you know the Mueller investigation, into Hillary Clinton, and so on and so forth. He continues to refuse to turn over documents and requested materials to these House investigative bodies. They want him to run the show. Of course they do. So we get Peter's thoughts on that from the constitutional perspective. Nobody knows the Constitution more inside and out, for my money, than uh, does uh, Peter Kersenow. So we'll talk to him. And then uh, at 1035, Michael Goldstein, who was on with me yesterday from uh, Fast Eddie's in uh, Parma, where we did our special uh, Veterans Day tribute show. Michael is a Navy veteran, but he is also a very, very active person at the state level. He's an attorney, by the way, and he's also the Ohio chairman of Proclaiming Justice to the Nations, and he is on his way to Columbus. He'll join us from the car on his way to Columbus, where he will testify this morning, along with, by the way, Ben Shapiro, who is, of course, uh, one of the most noted and one of the most brilliant, period. Just, it's funny. I would have Peter and Ben Shapiro on at the same time. I think the... um, I, I think the uh, your speakers may explode, seriously, with that much overwhelming brilliance just bursting forth through the uh, you know through the actual airwaves into your car's a radio speaker. It might just explode. I, I don't know too many people in this world, honestly, smarter than Peter Kersenauer or Ben Shapiro. <laughs> if I had them on together, that would be a thing. At any rate, Michael is on his way down to Columbus along with uh, Ben Shapiro, to testify about a very, or testify uh, in support of, a very important bill that has been introduced that would essentially force college campuses to recognize, identify, and enforce the support of the First Amendment on college campuses. Because college campuses, as you know, Ben Shapiro has been a victim of this, uh, are so extraordinarily dangerously left of center that conservative-minded speakers aren't allowed. Conservative students are bullied and intimidated off of campus. Some terrible things happening. So this is a very, very important bill that is being uh, introduced uh, in the state of Ohio. 
uh, about forming open and robust university minds. That's what it's called, the Forming Open and Robust University Minds Act, which pr- uh, protects free speech on college campuses. And it will stop the intimidation, harassment, and bullying of conservative students and speakers, and dare they have any, faculty as well. So those are the guests today. Coming up, we've got Eric Eggers, Peter Kirstenau, and Michael Goldstein. Back to the issue of Florida now, obviously. What we are watching is is the most blatant example of Democrat theft of votes that I think we have ever seen. You know, it has often been said, and I don't know who gets credit, who deserves attribution for the original quote, but it's been often repeated in a lot of circles, that it's not about every vote that counts. It's about who is counting every vote. And I'm paraphrasing that because, again, it's been repeated in a lot of different ways. But it's not so much that every vote counts. It's about ever. It's about who is counting every vote. And down in Florida, that has been a problem for a long, long time. And I, don't, I won't go through the history of Al Gore versus George W. Bush in the 2000 election, but we can even go much more uh, uh, recently than that. Broward County, Florida exec, uh, election official Brenda Snipes. And I'm still just, I'm staring at her, a picture of her right now, as I tell you this story and give you some background. Shocked and amazed that this woman is still on the job and, quite frankly, that she is not in jail for what she has already done in the past. I'm just stunned. How can this person be in charge of elections, especially at this extraordinarily important midterm election? Uh, after what she has failed uh, to do in the past and what she has been uh, proven to have done wrong in the past, including destroying thousands of ballots after being ordered by a court not to. And yet here she is. She's in charge of the Broward, uh, Broward County elections. She's continuing to find new ballots in the recent statewide midterm elections for governor and U.S. Senate. And guess what? She was previously accused of doing the exact same thing in 2012. I told you, we don't have to go all the way back to 2000. Government Accountability Institute, GAI, Research Director Eric Eggers, again, the guy I'm going to be talking to at, um, uh, at uh, about 9.35, exclusively told uh, Breitbart News that Snipes found ballots following an election in 2012. Quote, she's also been accused of illegally opening ballots the Florida GOP sued her for this, and when they brought her to court, they said, hey, your office is opening ballots outside the presence of the canvassing board. What's your explanation? And again, the woman in charge of the elections in Florida's second most populous county, Broward County, argued she thought it would be okay because her office didn't understand the meaning of the word canvassing. Let me say that again. The person in charge of counting the votes. Remember that old adage I just mentioned? The person in charge of counting the votes said that the people in her office didn't understand what the word canvassing meant. So they didn't realize they had to do this in the presence of the canvassing board. This is also not the first time that her office has just found ballots. There was actually a canvassing official present back in 2012, that complained that heading into the weekend, they were told about 150 more votes left to be counted. And then Monday morning, well, they found more, and there were about 950 votes still to go. This has been going on for years. For years and years. 
And the fact that Florida cannot and will not change its MO, its method of operation when it comes to um, county uh, uh, elected officials, they don't even have to be elected officials. Because again, you know, here in the state of Ohio, in every precinct where, where ballots are counted, there is one Republican representative and one Democrat representative watching and overseeing and participating in the entire thing. So everybody can say that this is on the up and up. Down in Florida, they have Board of Election supervisors like this who just are left to their own devices without uh, uh, people witnessing other than, can't. well, what's a canvassing board? Edgar said there is clearly an organized effort to manipulate and alter the outcomes, noting that in Miami-Dade County, about 108 provisional ballots were eliminated in the midterm election because they were from individuals who had voted twice. But remember, voter fraud doesn't exist. In a recent piece for Breitbart, Eric Eggers also reviewed Snipes' history of allowing illegal aliens and felons to vote in elections in Broward County, along with her destroying of ballots, as I mentioned. There is theft going on right now. They are literally trying to steal two elections from duly elected Republicans in the state of Florida. There is no way around that. Ron DeSantis should be and must be and will be and has already been elected to be the next governor of the state of Florida, and yet he cannot claim that or he cannot act upon that or begin the transition because of this theft. In the same same way, Governor Scott should be and will be and is the duly elected next senator from the state of Florida, but he cannot act on the transition yet. Because of, again, all of this fraud and all of this theft. Brenda Snipes, by the way, who is, who is the face, for better or worse, of this uh, in Broward County. Um, she was appointed to that position as the uh, election supervisor in Broward County by former Governor Jeb! Exclamation point. Bush. Jeb Bush appointed her, but cannot and will not defend her. Yesterday, the former governor said there is no question, by way of Twitter, there is no question that Broward County Supervisor of Elections, Brenda Snipes, failed to comply with Florida law on multiple counts, undermining Floridians' confidence in our electoral process. Supervisor Snipes should be removed from her office following the recounts. I'm going to stop right there. But low-energy Jeb despite your exclamation point. What purpose would it serve to remove her after the recounts? And what purpose has it served for her to still be in this position after several other years' elections being uh, uh, tainted by the same types of scandals? How is she still there? She should be removed from office immediately. And the recounts should be done by totally separate independent bodies, perhaps from other states. Anybody and everybody that is involved in the absolutely whack job um, uh, Florida elections offices, every one of them should be removed. No one in the state of Florida should be allowed to touch another ballot. They should bring in elections officials from neighboring states or from state. You could bring somebody in from from uh, uh, you know Alaska if you want. Bring somebody in from a different part of the country and let them do the counting, because these people simply cannot be trusted. 
And I'm very much looking forward to talking to Eric Eggers about this coming up at 935. You're going to want to hear that conversation, too. It's 921. We'll get a timeout. We'll check our traffic here. And on the other side of that, I've got a segment for you to get in at 216-901-0945, It's a Tuesday edition of the Bob France Authority. Thanks for being with us on AM 1420, The Answer. Special treat, folks. We have secured Dennis Prager. He will be on the line for three hours, live and in person. Dennis Prager. That's right, uninterrupted. We'll just be having Dennis Prager, one of my favorite guests. In fact, the only place you can ever hear Dennis Prager for three hours is on the Dennis Prager Show. So, don't forget, Dennis Prager on the next Dennis Prager Show. The Dennis Prager Show, weekdays at noon, here on AM 1420, The Answer. Nine twenty-seven. Now the Bob France Authority on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. I'm going to do two things in this short segment here before we get to Eric Eggers, uh, the author of Fraud: How the Left Plans to Steal the Next Election. Uh, two things. Number one, I want to say thank you, and I, you know I really feel terrible about this. Um, a gentleman came up to me yesterday at the um, uh, Veterans Day tribute program that we did from Fast Eddie's in Parma. And by the way, thank you again to uh, Eddie. Um, uh, um, Serino and to Bill Bullington from Bullington Capital, who helped sponsor this great event to provide meals for all these veterans yesterday. It was a wonderful time. Anyway, one of the people I talked to came up to me and handed me a book. And it's a book called Making Conservatism Cool, Strategies for Revamping the Right, written by Michael R. Garkar, if I'm saying the name correctly. At any rate, it was his dad who came up to me and handed me the book and said, my son wrote this and he wanted you to read it. It's all about trying to talk to younger voters or younger people, younger uh, citizens, and explain to these millennials and these Generation Zers and whatever it is that we're calling these, them these days um, that you do not have to be a liberal just because you are young. Uh, that conservatism can be cool. You know, it's it's perceived to be very different on high school and college campuses. Uh, but the cons- conservatism can be cool. And what I feel bad about is I don't remember Dad's name. Because Dad came up and introduced himself to me and gave me the book, which is actually even signed by the author, uh, Michael Garkars. And uh, I just wanted to say thanks to him because it's a great idea. I cannot wait to sit down and read this book. It looks like a very nice, smooth read. Uh, but this is exactly what we do need. <laughs> we really do. A way to reach out to the young people and tell them, no, liberalism is not cool. It is not cool to try to aspire to be a globalist with open borders and no jails and no law enforcement and, and all kinds of rampant crime and, and, uh, and, and legal drugs and so on and so forth. No, liberalism is not a positive, cool thing. It is a very destructive thing. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to that book. So number one, I want to say thanks to him for that. Number two, I just wanted to say thank you to the President of the, of the United States for firing back at uh, the French president, uh, Emmanuel Macron, who used the armistice uh, uh, ceremony on Sunday, on Armistice Day, and on the literally the 100th anniversary of the end of the First World War, used that opportunity to take swipes at President Trump. Not even thinly veiled, just broad swipes at him, calling the president of the United States uh, anti- the opposite of a patriot. He said in his remarks that patriotism is the exact opposite of nationalism. Nationalism is a betrayal of patriotism. It's a clear message to President Trump, who, of course, has called himself a nationalist, meaning he puts America before the globe. Macron trashed 
such thinking in his, in this uh, new age. By saying we put ourselves first and others don't matter, we erase what a nation holds dearest, what gives it life, what makes it great, and what is essential, its moral values. The president uh, listened to this garbage and wanted to just make a statement about this. Quote, this is by Twitter about an hour ago, the problem is that Emmanuel suffers from a very low approval rating in France, 26%, and an unemployment rate of almost 10%. He was just trying to get onto another subject. By the way, there is no country more nationalist than France. Very proud people, and rightfully so. Make France great again. So the president just delivered a slap right back to Macron. After, I just like saying his name because he just sounds so weenie. Uh, he does. His name sounds weenie. He sounds weenie. And the fact that he is the president of that nation underscores his weeniness. Uh, the president is right. America first. We'll, we'll take care of what's in our own borders first, and then we will reach out and help the rest of the globe. And guess what, Emmanuel? You should probably do the same. Eric Eggers joins us to talk about fraud in Florida next, right here on AM 1420 The Anthem. Uh-huh. Nine thirty-five. Now the Bob France Authority continues on AM fourteen twenty. The answer: The President of the United States is uh, fighting back on a number of fronts on Twitter today. He is talking, as I mentioned, about uh, the French uh, criticism of him by uh, President Macron uh, when it comes to nationalism. But the President is also watching very, very closely as the state of Florida is in a very different kind of disaster than the state of California, but one that is going to be just as impactful, perhaps, in a different way. Uh, in California, of course, our prayers and thoughts are with those who are fighting uh, to flee uh, you know, these devastating wildfires, some 42 deaths have been confirmed, but hundreds remain missing. We don't know if they got lost in the evacuation and thus are just unaccounted for or if they have actually been, you know, are going to be added to the uh, to the death toll when this whole thing is said and done. So terrible situation out there. But down in Florida, it is a different kind of disaster. And this one, unlike the other, is much more avoidable. And that is the sanctity of the American vote being put in serious, serious jeopardy as election fraud and election tampering continues to plague the Sunshine State. There is no question that Rick Scott and Ron DeSantis have won their two elections, and these are, well, they are attempting to steal them from those two individuals for the governor's uh, mansion uh, in Florida and, of course, for the seat in the United States Senate. Joining us to discuss now is the author of a book who's, which could not possibly be, be more timely. Uh, Eric Eggers wrote Fraud, How the Left Plans to Steal the Next Election. And he, and lo and behold, as he joins us this morning, it is in progress as we speak. Uh, Eric, thanks so much for coming on with us here on AM 1420, The Answer. How are you this morning? Well, thank you, Bob. And I actually live in Florida, but you're right. Uh, unfortunately, you know, the book came out in August, and it's proven to be, unfortunately, quite prophetic. Um, I have a whole chapter in the book on the Broward County Supervisor of Elections, Dr. Brenda Snipes, who unfortunately sits front and center in this state recount, which has national attention. And, and you're right, I thought it was a very uh, brilliant way to kind of compare what's happening in California, where you see the geographic and natural landscape being destroyed, whereas in, in Florida, where we have this confidence in the Democratic landscape being ravaged by the day, as uh, Dr. Snipes and the people that work in Broward County continue to find new ballots or, um, you know, and, and or uh, find other ways to make the margins of these elections continue to get smaller. 
Uh, Eric, uh, you, you mentioned the book came out in August. So what I need to know, is this just coincidence or were you, are you a, are you a seer? Uh, how did, how did you know this no, was coming? I'm, I'm absolutely a seer. I knew, I knew Hugh Jackson would make it six games and uh, <laughs> Mayfield would be excellent. No, um, yeah, it's, it's a challenge, right? Uh, I mean, unfortunately, this was easy to predict in Florida, specifically as it relates to Dr. Snipes, because, uh, this is what her track record has been. In 2012, uh, she's had canvassing board officials complain about they were in it a weekend saying that they only had 150 votes still to count, only to be told on Monday, oh, actually, it's closer to 1,000. Uh, she's admitted previously to allowing felons and illegal aliens to vote because of poor oversight. Um, you know, she's had empo- former employees swear out affidavits saying that she's seen uh, members of Dr. Snipes' staff filling in uh, open ballots, right, or uh, filling in blank ballots. So, I mean, this is what happens in South Florida. And, you know, what I write about in the book and why I call it sort of an aggressive title, How the Left Plans to Steal the Election, because I talk about how uh, George Soros and Tom Perez, who are the two leaders of, I think, the, the modern Democratic Party, they combine to do two things. They file lawsuits to keep our elections uh, from being as secure as possible, and they fund organizations to try and exploit those vulnerabilities. And so, unfortunately, you're seeing that play out in real time right now. Mark Elias, who's got a history of working for George Soros-backed entities to try to keep American elections vulnerable, is now involved and on the ground here in Florida. And at the same time, I mean, we just had 108 provisional ballots rejected in Miami because there were people trying to cast two ballots in the same election. So, uh, and, and by the way, you've got lawyers for Democratic Senator Bill Nelson and uh, Governor Andrew Gillum, or gubernatorial candidate Andrew Gillum, they're on the record as objecting to the exclusion of non-citizen votes, right? So the canvassing board is following the law, saying, hey, we know, we can actually prove that this ballot was cast by someone that's not a citizen, and the Democratic attorneys are objecting to that vote not counting. And that's unfortunately uh, exactly what we talk about in the book. We are talking with uh, Eric Eggers, the author of Fraud, How the Left Plans to Steal the Next Election. And if you are interested in this book, and you absolutely should be, uh, pick it up at VoterFraudBook.com, VoterFraudBook.com. Uh, what I need to know, and I think what all of America who is watching this closely down there in your state, Eric, is how she is still on the job. After all of these years of malfeasance in her office, she's been doing this for 15 years. She bragged about that in a, in a defensive interview that I heard, I believe it was yesterday, where she said, I've been doing this for 15 years. And she said, this is the first time that I've ever been accused of such uh, terrible things. And I'm thinking, I said, wait a minute. Hold on. Let me check the list here because this is just the latest, maybe the most egregious, but a federal judge determined that you did destroy ballots that you were told you were ordered to not destroy. Uh, so she has this li- big, long list you ran down, and she is now claiming uh, this is the first time she's ever been accused of anything. How, how Eric Eggers, is she still on the job? Well, let me just add one more, because I think this is actually my personal favorite. Uh, not only has she illegally destroyed ballots, and that was actually uh, for a Democratic candidate who was challenging Dem- Debbie Washington Schultz. So it's not yeah, it's a primary. Primary votes, right? Yeah so, yeah. yeah. so it's not just Republicans that have complained about uh, Brenda Snipes. But, no, um, in, a, in a lawsuit against the GOP, because what she was doing is when absentee ballots come in, there's a protocol that the, the canvassing officials, the, the people who are in charge of, of counting the ballots, they, ha- they have a whole team that they're supposed to open the ballots together and make sure that the signatures match and, and that everything followed. Well, her office was opening them outside the presence of these other canvassing board officials. And when the GOP sued her to discuss it, she made the argument in court, 
that she didn't understand the meaning of the word candidate. So, I mean, that's, uh, that's what we're talking about. You've got a supervisor of elections who admits that she doesn't really understand all the terms that go along with counting election ballots. So, I mean, that's what we're dealing with. Now, to your very relevant question of how she is still allowed to be in office. Well, before you go on, before you, before you go on to that very relevant question, Eric Eggers, author of Fraud, How the Left Plans to Steal the Next Election, you refer to her as Dr. Snipes. What, what does she have a doctorate in and from what university? Well, I'll tell you what, it's not math. You know, I mean, it's not for counting. Um, <laughs> well, not just so that, I, but what, where I was going with that is, how do you graduate with a doctoral degree in any any discipline from any university and not know the meaning of the word canvassing? I, well, how, and, and, I mean, honestly, and, you, and you've been 15 years on the job uh, as an elected election supervisor, and you don't know the definition. I don't understand that. I want to know where she graduated so I can tell everybody avoid that school. This she, goodness gracious, I've never heard anything quite like this. She can't count, and she doesn't know the definition of basic, um, uh, you know, words in the, in the in our vocabulary, particularly in the industry in which she is working. Well, and I hate to say it because my children are in Florida's public school system, but but she was actually appointed. Doctor Spence was uh, to this position by Republican Governor Jeb Bush. At the time. I know. But she was she was a she was a school principal and a school administrator. So if I had to guess, I'd say her uh, doctorate in education administration. But but it doesn't wow. speak to your point. It doesn't speak well to the overall quality of Florida schools. Although you know maybe we've improved somewhat. Well, I, well, to be honest with you, Eric, I don't know which it is. I, I, I don't know if she actually doesn't know what the word canvassing is, which is uh, inexcusable, or if that's just the excuse she made up because they were trying to cheat and open these things outside of the, the uh, uh, presence of these canvassing officials, and that was just all they could come up with to, to say, oh, well, we didn't know what that meant. So it's either ignorance or it's intentional uh, deception in order to be able to commit that fraud, and I don't know which is worse. Well, well it's a great point. It's a great point. Um, but, I, but there's another key component here, and that's what your, your question sort of touched on. In yeah. the book I talk about, actually, and, and I don't want to make people more alarmed, but you know, there's actually two counties that are problematic in Florida right now. There's Broward and Palm Beach County, which are right next to each other. And they happen to be the second and third most populous counties in the state of Florida. And in, in the book I talk about an example just from a couple of years ago in which Palm Beach actually found uh, dozens of examples of clear voter fraud. They had people that were fraudulently filling out uh, ballots on behalf of other voters, and they presented this evidence to the state attorney, and the state attorney declined to press charges. And and this and that example has much to do with what's happening in Broward County right now, because the the voter, the elected officials whose campaigns were committing this voter fraud, they were all Democrats and they're all Haitian. They're all of Haitian descent. And so uh, you know, people said, well, why didn't that state attorney press charges? Well, he's also a Democrat, and he has aspirations on statewide political office. And if you're a statewide Democrat, you know, you're not doing very well in Florida if you're going to be accused of racial discrimination and voter suppression, especially on behalf of uh, a targeted minority group like Haitians. And so, you know, why didn't Rick Scott, who's a Republican, remove Dr. Snipes from office? Well, he's also, I mean, he's a Republican, not a Democrat, but he also has clearly statewide aspirations. He just ran for Senate. And so, you know, the reality is that you're not getting very far politically in a state that's, that's relatively purple, that is to say centrist, and has and not insignificant African-American population by being perceived as being racist. So I think the, the concerns over, over being perceived as racist are absolutely one of the reasons why uh, Brenda Stipes remains in office.
I am uh, I am astounded by that, but I am also completely understanding of that. This is what Barack Obama yeah. did for eight years. Barack Obama, any time and every time he was criticized uh, about anything on policy, about anything on 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 uh, bills that he signed, executive orders that he gave that are one hundred percent about actions in office. Um, if you criticized him for it, you were called a racist because you don't like a black president. You just don't want to have the first black president. That's why you didn't like that. Uh, it, it it is it is a thing. It is a thing to defend oneself based on oneself, uh, uh, one, one's uh, representation of a particular minority group, a protected class. If you criticize somebody in office for doing something that is specifically aimed at their policies, but this person happens to be gay, you are a homophobe. If you criticize Brenda Snipes, whether you're Rick Scott, the governor, or whether you are just a talk show host, if you criticize Brenda Snipes, it's not about her litany of missteps as the, uh, as the Broward County election supervisor. It's, you don't like her because she's black this has to stop eric and i know that's not the point of your book or your conversation here but honestly you're right even today people who are critical of brenda snipes for all of this mess going on on down there in florida right now are being told you're racist yeah that's absolutely right you know her county attorney who's being quoted quite often uh was you know was accused of and, and was criticized for contributing to uh, candidates in Broward County, which is sort of a no-no. You know, if you're, a, if you're the attorney for the supervisor of elections, uh, you shouldn't be politically active picking one side or another. And so a county commissioner actually, you know, criticized her for this and said this is inappropriate. You're, I mean, that she happened to be contributing to this county commissioner's uh, opponent. But they said, look, that's, that's sort of a violation of all commonly accepted ethical protocols for your position. Well, that, that attorney, the county attorney, who's also an African-American female, uh, once again, made it very racial and uh, sent out an email trying to get all African American, as many African Americans to show up at the next county commission meeting as possible. Uh, you know, just as a sign of protest. And so, ultimately, the county commissioner you know, dropped the, the issue. Uh, but, but I think it made it very clear, you know, what what the move was going to be if any criticism was lobbed. And uh, you know, I mean, look, it, and I, I've encountered this in, in talking about the book. Like, it's impossible to talk about securing elections without being accused of. Uh, voter suppression, right, uh, which, which inevitably means, um, you know, suppressing minority votes. And I understand that our country has an unfortunate history of, of doing that. So I think it's very important for people that want to, to improve the security of elections to say, listen, we want all legal votes to count, uh, but we also should do everything we can to make sure that no illegal votes count as well. And that's actually the biggest thing for me. That's uh, what it's know, about. 83, 000, yeah, these 83,000 votes that have shown up, um, I'm not saying that they were fraudulently manufactured, but I'm saying if Dr. Snyder's office is this bad at discounting votes, how bad do we think we've done at preventing the illegal votes from also being counted? I mean, we already know well, that illegal votes are going to count in this election because she's blended them together. I mean, that's news. Right. That's in the news. That's not in dispute. That that's a very good point. We're talking with Eric Eggers, the author of Fraud: How the Left Plans to Steal the Next Election. Get his book at the website voterfraudbook.com. Voterfraudbook.com. Uh, first of all, two things uh, in response to that, uh, Eric. Number one, good news for your kids. Uh, Doctor Brenda Calhoun Snipes uh, received her formal education in the public schools of Talladega, Alabama. So uh, the Florida public schools cannot take credit or blame for her. So your kids are probably in better shape now than they were two minutes ago. Number two. Uh, um, 
what I want to know about this process is, is what if Brenda Snipes wasn't on this job? It's still bigger than that. You brought up Palm Beach County. And we can also talk about the fact that there are, there are now lawsuits being filed by uh, Nelson, I believe, and I don't know if Gillum as well, demanding that every vote that came in by mail uh, uh, after the 10 days be allowed to count. Um, and, and, and the way, as, as I understand it, the law exists to allow people who are serving our country overseas, those whose votes, I hate to say one vote means more than another, but these people are earning their right to vote by being overseas and fighting for our country. There is a law that that allows their votes to be received by way of mail up to 10 days after the election, and they will count because of where they are. The lawsuits being filed by the Democrats now in this case are demanding that all mail-in ballots be counted, even if it was from someone who, you know, voted, uh, you know, yesterday and mailed it in overnight mail and it gets in by the 10 days that they should count those as well. This is just another attempt. There are, you, you brought up the illegal votes, but there are so many other attempts for the Democrats to steal this election by way of breaking the rules or changing them well after the election ended. Yeah, there's no doubt that uh, Dr. Snipes' office has failed to follow the law. I mean, one of the, one of the first laws that she broke is law that says all early vote results are supposed to be posted on your website or posted for public consumption within 30 minutes of the polls closing uh and then you know update regularly 45 minutes after that and that clearly has not happened in this case yeah i mean this is there there it would be easier to talk about the laws that dr snipes office has not violated than it would be to talk about the ones that she has right we'd have we'd have an easier time fitting that in before the break so um, yeah, but but aside from her, but Eric, if I may, but aside from her, uh, can you speak to specifically to the lawsuits filed? This is now you know encompassing the entire state of Florida. Lawsuit saying anybody who voted anywhere whose uh, vote you know didn't get in in time, uh, we're going to count all of those votes. This is what they're doing. I think they're creating this. I heard somebody refer to it as a dog whistle this morning. That hashtag count every vote indicates that if you're really interested in true democracy, you have to count every vote, even those that are filed a illegally, b late. Uh, and, and if you are opposed to that, well, then you are a Republican trying to steal the election by denying people their right to have their votes counted. Well, that's exactly right. You know, one of the very troubling statistics I cite in the book is this, uh, this poll that shows that for the first time ever, a majority of Democrats actually believe that um, illegal immigrants should be allowed to vote in federal elections. So I think that speaks to kind of, you know, what the mindset is. And Tom Perez, who's the head of the Democratic National Committee, uh, he used to work for a group called Casa de Maryland, which is a Soros-funded nonprofit like Acorn Larava, and their whole big push has been to expand non-citizen or, or foreign citizen voting. In fact, Tom Perez's hometown of Tacoma Park, Maryland, is has been allowing non-citizen voting since 1992 in regional and local elections. So um, you're absolutely right. I mean, this push to count ballots, we know that absentee ballots are by far the easiest form of voting to manipulate and to see fraudulent ballots cast. And so I'd, I'd be very concerned. I mean, that's that's my thing is, I, you know, we've been talking about uh, the need to, to make sure that the voter rolls are accurate uh, and that the people that are casting the ballots are the legal citizens. And unfortunately, there is no verification of, of legal citizenship when you register to vote. So, uh, yeah, so the more mail-in ballots, specifically the ones that are coming in after the deadline, I'd be very concerned. 
Eric Eggers, the author of Fraud, How the Left Plans to Steal the Next Election, which is taking place literally before our eyes. We are one week removed from the November 6th election, and they are still counting and manufacturing and finding and generating, and I'm saying this, not you, Eric, more votes. And it's funny, by the way, isn't it, how all of these votes that they're finding after the fact, these barrels and bushels and baskets of votes, 99% of them are for the Democrats in these cases. It's, it's just amazing. These got misplaced. All of these 99% Democrat votes in the lead from 60,000 is now down to 12,000. Gee, who would who, who could possibly see something wrong with that? Uh, get Eric's book at voterfraudbook.com, voterfraudbook.com. Eric, keep up the great work. Keep opening the eyes of the nation to what's happening in our electoral process. And I thank you so much. Thank you so much, Bob. You got it. There's Eric Eggers on uh, AM 1420, The Answer. We'll get out now and come back in again the, next on AM 1420, The Answer. Still have a couple of accidents we're working on. 90 eastbound before Carnegie, a stop and go from Ontario. Also an accident, Lee Road, north of Harvard Avenue, a disabled vehicle. That's on the Jennings Freeway northbound at West 14th. It's stop and go from Harvard Denison. This update brought to us by Lowe's. Black Friday deals start now at Lowe's. Come in today and get up to 40% off appliance and special values. Offers valid through 1129 while supplies last. See store for details, U.S. only. Josh Booth on AM 1420, The Answer. Hey, and I'm Bob France here for Kowalski Ford. You know Regan and his family and staff quickly drawing to a close their 15th year in business. And I am so proud to be able to say that I've been a part of nearly all of them. That's right. And I can tell you from my experience through all of this time that if you're in the market for a new car, you owe it to yourself to start a long-term relationship with a dealer you can trust, one who will become a friend you can trust. And I'm here to tell you, you can trust Kowalski Ford. This is truly a no-pressure, family-friendly environment, a place where the person that greets you, that's right, greets you rather than pounce upon you when you arrive on the lot is the same person that will help guide you through the entire process. You will not be turned over to another person and another person and another person. That's not the way Regan does business. Regan wants you to be able to trust someone and you'll talk to the same person the entire way through. Kowalski Ford. It's in beautiful Avon Lake, on Lake Road, about one mile west of Route 83. Kowalski Ford. Get there. Speaking with Ted Arslanian of Arslanian Brothers, of course we know your prices are always the best value, but you also offer a cash and carry service for extra savings. If you drop off and pick up your area rug, you will save a full 20%. No coupon needed. This is a year-round promotion. While you're here, I can give you a guided tour of our plant and show you where the magic happens. Questions? Just ask Ted. 216-271-6888 or visit arslanianbrothers.com. I'm still trying to process this, and maybe you can help me. I don't know. I don't know if anybody can help me understand this. How can you work on a board of elections? Or No, I'm sorry. How can you be the supervisor of the board of elections for over a decade and not know the definition of the word canvassing? How can that be? It is, it is impossible for me to comprehend how a woman who has an advanced degree, first of all, I, th- I would think anybody with a high school diploma can tell me what the word canvassing means. She doesn't just have a high school diploma. She has a bachelor's degree. She got a master's degree in curriculum and instruction for adults from Florida Atlantic University and a doctorate in educational leadership from Nova Southeastern University. 
and she's been working after being appointed by Jeb Bush to the uh, position of uh, election supervisor in Broward County for 15 years. And she doesn't know the definition of the word canvassing. That's why she had her staff opening ballots without uh, outside the presence of uh, the canvassing board, which is required by law. And she said, well, we didn't know how to do that because we didn't know what canvassing meant. Either she is the dumbest Ph.D. holder in the history of the planet, or she's a liar. I don't know which one I'm leaning toward here, and I don't know which one is worse. Either she got busted having her staff open these ballots and then Lord knows doing doing Lord knows what with them to taint the election and the results. Um, you know, and, and she just lied, saying, oh, well, we didn't know what a board of canvassers was. We didn't know what that meant, so we just figured we could go ahead and do our jobs. So either she got busted and just lied, or she truly just figured I can do this because she had no idea what canvassing meant. I don't know which is worse, being corrupt or being stupid. She may pull off both. Peter Kirsten now joins us next on AM 1420. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 